Welcome, friends, to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today, we have a very special guest with us. But before I introduce her, I would like to remind our viewers the format of our program today. So today, we will get to know our guest, and we will also find out what does she do to improve healthcare, not just locally, but also around the globe. And we also find out what type of world does she want to live in? Does she want to live in a creative society? And the Project Creative Society was born because millions of volunteers of Alatra International Public Movement have surveyed the world to find out what type of society we all would like to live in. And based on the answers, the Project Creative Society was born. And right now we are at the informational stage. So we are talking about creative society everywhere we go. So today my name is Olga and my co-host is Olga as well. Welcome. And our, uh, and our guest of honor today is Tasla Latouche. She's a principal at Zaymanetics and she will tell us what that is. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Olga. Olga's. Let's <laughs> tell us a, a little bit more about your background and what do you do now? Sure. Yeah. So I am what we call a market access specialist. I'm actually clinically published with the, the, in, in Canada with the research chair in orthopedics. And what I do is I create what we call socio health economic funding strategies for disruptive technology manufacturers in the healthcare space to enter into the Canadian market. And my latest project is working on a national, um, national committee that's been convened by Roche Pharmaceuticals. They're the number two pharmaceutical company in the world. And we are facilitating a national conversation with a futures think tank out of Denmark called the Copenhagen Institute of Future Studies on engaging Canadians in a new social contract for health that's all focused around personalized healthcare. So what, what I do is really, I work with these types of organizations to help them to understand where the gaps are in our market and how we can really bridge those gaps through leadership education and different things that can support the commercialization of an adoption of products and projects that want to enter into the Canadian healthcare space. <laughs> wow, very nice, thank you. And can you please share, how does your work or how do you think your work helps uh, people in the society? That's a great question. So one of the things that our group, Zymonetics, is uh, really you know, uh, focused on right now is bringing what we call accountable value-based care to the Canadian and global um, you know, space. But of course, with all types of innovation, you have to start somewhere. And because Canadian um, healthcare infrastructure uh, gives every Canadian sort of you know, access through our, as an entitlement to healthcare, we are using the Canadian um, healthcare landscape to, to really create the conditions for a new vision for how we can receive care and the benefits administration around this elevated uh, model for healthcare. Our organization is very focused on bringing innovative tools to the marketplace that really resist the pills and 
like the pharmaceutical model of pills and surgery. And we're really focused on understanding the genetics of the individual, the mind um, gut connection, and then creating an, uh, what we call an epigenetic framework. So people are coached around how these, um, the information around their genetics and their brain gut connection impact their health. And then how, and, and then the other piece to it is connecting the types of tools that people need once they have the information around, you know, their, their code, essentially their genetic code, how can we equip those, the individuals with the tools to transform where they are in a diagnosis to where they want to be? And so providing a complete toolkit of advanced technologies that transform the body is what we're looking to do right now inside of this framework that's physician led. So our whole vision is to have physicians who understand this sort of what we call the physics first before chemistry approach to healthcare, have them really um, be educated around the benefits of this, this uh, type of approach, and then work with them to scale this model up and out to the rest of their market. Wow, thank you so much, Lasla. It's amazing what you guys do. And I have a question for you. Um, how do you imagine preventative care in a creative society? What preventative care should look like and what role does it play in the healthcare sector? That's a really great question. We know that we have the case for longevity. And so prevention means really, you know, understanding your, your body. We call it self-care literacy. And understanding your body in such a way that you, your, um, how you respond to the environment, how you respond to your own genetics, being equipped with the appropriate tools at any given moment to support you uh, like experiencing optimal well-being. And we know that we have all of the tools in this, in this 21st century to give people access to the types of things that, you know, that you would see, I always say to people, like, imagine if you had all of the best in class tools to really support your strength, your overall well-being, you, you know, your, your, your brain health. What could that look like in an experience in your home? What do you think, say, you know, superstars like LeBron James or, you know, these high level athletes that need to be in, in peak performance, what kind of tools would they have in their house? And so when we talk about prevention, is it's really, you know, being able to equip people with the types of tools, resources, and, um, and you know, and health navigation to, you know, to, to, you know, to prevent them advancing into, you know, disease states that are unwelcome. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. Preventative care is crucial. And uh, there is a lot that can be done to prevent the diseases uh, later on in life. So it's definitely something that needs to, needs to be in place in any healthcare system. Absolutely. Well, you know what, this is the first time in history, where we have the opportunity to connect the dots on, um, on, on essentially, what we don't know, we don't know. Right. And 
that's the, the problem with, you know, humanity is the, the, the fate of humanity is resting in the unknown unknowns. Well, what if we could equip people, especially from a healthcare lens, with more tools and information to, to, to better understand themselves? What could that look like from the perspective of like, okay, I'm going to get to know myself, like really support the inquiry of being optimally, you know, empowered in my, what I like to call in our, in my skin suit, right? So what could that look and feel like from my own personal internal experience? And then how could that really be externalized in a way that, you know, supports the person in contributing the best of themselves creative, creatively to, to, you know, to their, their overall life purpose, right? Yeah, thank you so much. And it's so important to know what you said. It's important to connect to yourself, you know, that body, soul and mind connection. It, we hear it all the time, but there is nowhere we can find tools to really use it in every day. <laughs> it's so true. We're all and, and we're also distracted, right, from from really cultivating that connection. Yes, we are very busy being consumerist. We are very busy, you know, making that next payment and very busy, you know, chasing the next dream. And we are too busy to slow down and really take a look deep down inside. So, yes. So, Tesla, we ask people around the globe um, this question, and I would like to ask you too. How do you envision a world where you, your family, and everybody around the globe are happy and live a fulfilled life? Well, quite frankly, I mean, this is why I love the, the healthcare focus, because I think unless we're all feeling fully embodied and empowered in our, in, in, you know, in, in our, in, in our skin suit, right? Cause we, you know, if we refer to ourselves as me, myself, and I, we know that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. So we actually have to be stewards of our embodiment, right? Because without the body, you, you, you're, you're, you can do nothing. And the, the body is the supercomputer of like really just information flow. And so how I envision that, um, that we, you know, we can really support a creative society is really start to educate people on how they can be better stewards of their skin suit and what's available to them to really take their own well, take charge of their well-being and, and to be supported in that ongoing commitment to their own sustainability because again if we're talking about a creative society and what we know available is available to us around like you know our longevity right now it just makes sense that that would be the first way that we um that we invest in 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 a, a creative society is like you know really making the appropriate investment in how we get to know ourselves first Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you, definitely. And from what we found, uh, volunteers from all over the world have been doing research for the past 10 years now to see how do people want to live? Do they want the change? And people all over the world already today understand that the way we have been living is not the way that we want to live. And um, there is a lot of problems going on. We see, as you said, everybody's very busy we don't even have a minute to slow down to take a you know take a deep breath and to see to stop and to think wow what am I doing in this life is this is what I really want to do why is there so much you know hatred and why do we still in the 21st century have wars so that is why creative society is such a vital project today is because it is based on 
uh, it is created by the people themselves to make a better life for all the people around the globe so that we can all live in unity in peace and we can all live a happy life with our families together. So uh, Tesla, in your opinion, how important is it today to unite all together in this one goal and actually for the first time in probably 6,000 years by peaceful means build this world, this creative society where we can all be happy? Well, I, you know, it's beyond a, the, the point of like, if it needs to happen, we know that it needs to happen. And to be quite frank, like, you know, nature, the universe is, is, is the, the universe is organizing itself into order. Like whether we think we're controlling things or not, like, I think this is the whole challenge with humanity is we think that we're the ones that are in control, but we're not. And, you know, and we are leaving a lot of meta our metaphysical power on the table because we're unwilling to embrace that aspect of ourselves that says, okay, yeah, it's time for us to really contribute to being as harmonious as possible with why we signed up to be here. And, and so, you know, I, I, I just think that, that whether, you know, natural selection will make the choice for us, <laughs> right? Or we can opt in to making as gracious a choice to, to, you know, to be as, you know, the creative society, um, you know, again, if, if we will it, if we will it, but people, I think, need to be incentivized to make the choice. And I think we, we, you know, for the people that are leading sort of the integration and the conversation around creative society, we also have signed up to sort of lead by example so that others who, you know, may want to, but don't really know, or don't have the tools or don't have the wisdom for, for, for us to be able to create a demonstration of what that can look and feel like, so that it makes it very easy for people to know what it is that they can have the opportunity to opt into. Yes, most definitely. And we actually do have um, a, a little bit of, um, you know, something to offer to everybody. And it's built into the eight foundations of the creative society. It's a framework of the society that was voiced by all the interviews and social surveys we have done around the globe. Millions of people, different age groups, different religions, different social statuses. They all told us what they want to uh, do and live like and we were able to put those answers together into the eight foundations of a creative society so right now I would like for our IT team to show us a quick video about those eight foundations and then we will discuss them further and if you don't have time to read them on the screen they will go by fast please visit alatreunites.com to really dive deep and to learn more about creative society So number one is human life. Number two is human freedom. Number three is human safety. Number four is transparency and openness of information for all. Number five is the creative ideology. Number six, development of personality. Number seven, justice and equality. 
and number eight, self-governing society. So Tesla, I know you told us that you love all eight of them, but tell <laughs> us why. Why do you think those foundations will get us from point of no return to the future we all deserve? Well, I think that um, they, they're they all very relevant points around the shifts that we need to see. It, I think they all capture you know, it really encapsulates Maslow's hierarchy of needs as well. And, and really, um, you know, creating the conditions so everybody has their basic needs met. Because once that happens, you have the, it's like, you know, the, it's like, it, it lines up the, the energetic body to be able to receive more of what it requires to thrive versus survive. So what you're speaking to is getting people out of survival and moving them into like elevated states of being where they can move beyond force and into their, their power. And, and I, you know, the way I see Zymonetics, especially on this healthcare tip, when, when we're, when we're looking at, you know, you know, building the creative society, we have a, a model right now that we're working with in combination between Canada and, and St. Kitts, which is the Island that we're working with to deliver this, this, the creative society in a social impact, like, you know, um, market, we, we really see that uh, the tenants of the creative society can be the foundation for how we look at the types of outcomes that we want to, um, to, to, to measure when, you know, integrating something like this in a market, in a small market, that's easy to be able to look at this from a research perspective. <laughs> yes, thank you. And you know, I'm just curious. So let's go back. You just mentioned basic needs. And uh, medicine, healthcare should be, you know, basic need, it should be free for all high quality healthcare. Um, can you please share with us? What are your thoughts on that? Um, having free healthcare for all and high quality healthcare? I 100% agree with that as the next wave, because we all know that we live in an abundant universe. And again, if the universe is, is directing us towards order, then, you know, making it a, the basic right of everyone to have high quality healthcare is the way. What I also think is that people need to be accountable to the receipt of that. So it has to be a two-way street, you know, because the, the, the challenge with, with making it free is okay. You can have it be free and be accessible, but then what are you doing to adhere to the tenants of that access? How are you working or contributing to sustain yourself and be, you know, uh, um, like a, a vision for what optimal healthcare looks and feels like instead of really being, you know, taking advantage of, a, of, of the system. So, so I think accountability works both ways when you're giving, you know, access to the high quality types of care that we know we all deserve. And here we come back uh, to preventative medicine again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, pre prevention is, it's, it's, you know, people are talking about it. Nobody really knows what it's supposed to look and feel like yet. But again, I think with our group, 
our, our vision and the, the physician group that we are working with globally really understand the idea of physics first before chemistry. You know, people like to call it energy medicine, but, you know, in the world of evidence-based um, healthcare, we're not calling it energy medicine. It's really applied physics. And, and, you know, we're at a time and place in our evolution where it makes sense for healthcare professionals to um, really understand the science of, of the physics, applied physics first before a chemical um, application. Yes, I agree. And also how important it is to have the openness and transparency of information in the medical field, because we all know we are lacking it right now. So it is turn around. (laughs) Yeah, well, and this is interesting, because it's one of the things that we're working on in our group as well as a pan Canadian data strategy is, you know, how do we bring people into a model like this? and say, oh, it's okay to share your information and analytics. And that's why I think it's really important in a creative society to reward people for moving in this direction. So they're incentivized to share their data. The big thing around data and information and analytics, I always say to people, look, I have no problem sharing my information and analytics, but you're gonna pay me for it. Because what's happening right now is we're sharing our information and analytics, but there is no reward. And because of that, we're feeling like, wait, wait, I'm, I feel uncomfortable with this. But if you make it so that it, it warms people's hearts because they understand the benefit of what it is that they're going to be doing and then they're in, they're, they feel good because, you know, there's a win in it for them, people will do it. So, so we what role... Ready. Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead, Olga. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited to talk to you. We're like, oh, jumping <laughs> on top of each other. <laughs> so... What role does personal responsibility play, not just in the medical field, but in life? Because it seems like right now everyone is just like to see someone else do something for them and just sit back and complain that it wasn't done the way it's supposed to be. But how do we take this personal responsibility to the fullest you know, potential and really use it to build a creative society? Yeah, I mean, personal responsibility is everything, right? Because you know, at the end of the day, the- we all signed up to be here, whether we want to accept that, that mission, our mission around why we signed up, that's a whole other thing. But when you accept personal responsibility, you know that you're creating your outcomes by, des- by, by design, you know, and a lot of us are, have flipped into default, which is like that victim mindset. And, um, and so taking re- personal responsibility says, yes, I'm showing up for myself. I'm showing up for source. I'm showing up for, you know, to be able to, um, contribute the highest version of myself but that really does have to come with you know an acceptance that you you signed up you signed up and and yeah it's it's key it's key (laughs) and that's why you know too i i'm gonna say what what we're looking at at doing as our inheritance okay like so i tell people it's our right to care to be able to opt in to prevention and personalized health care but that um, personal accountability is the thing that will, um, you know, support the individual in, in getting the best out of that, being able to act on that right. 
Yes, and so today we already see that uh, creative society is an important step for humanity, for all of us, that is a way for us all to unite, to um, have high quality health care, for example, edu free education for all, and human life to be put first. So today, as Olga mentioned earlier, right now we're in an informational stage, so it's important for people to know and to get to know the project in order to act. Um, Tesla, from your experience, what would you say, what would be the best way to share information about creative society so that all people around the world can know about it today? Well, I think um, what you're doing is great. You're, you're um, getting out there and doing these types of interviews with um, innovative people who have ideas to share. Uh, you know, I think sh you, having... Uh, the people that you also interview on on the show, you know, share with your vision and, and mission so that there is that 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 pay it forward type of um, communication that goes into what it is that you're rallying humanity to to be a part of. And um, yeah, I, I think I think you're doing all the right things in 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 really getting the word out there. It, this is a vision that is really about like you know, as much as we're being bombarded with, like, look at, you know, this pandemic thing that's going on right now, we're being completely bombarded with that information overload all the time. Well, similarly, I think we need to um, position the information in a way that gets people aware and, and willing to like, you know, step into the light around uh, the creative society, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. nothing Thank like leading so by example, right? Nothing yes, like leading yes, by example. Nothing like mm -hmm. that, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And also, you know what? We use the rule of six handshakes to get to know people. And if you never heard about this rule, it just means that we all are connected through five or less social connections. But we know with the technology we have now and internet and all the social media, we're probably only two to three handshakes away from each other. That means we already know each other. We just haven't met. So we would like for you to nominate another person that you know to be on our program so we can continue this meaningful conversation. Sure. Do you want me to nominate them out loud right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm working with um, a, a friend out of Denmark on this, the Copenhagen. I would recommend Boy, Boye Eliasson, who is... Um, the director of health for the Copenhagen Institute of Future Studies. And he's also the chair of bioethics for the United Nation Education, so Social and Cultural Organization. We're working on this large project right now. And I think he would be a, a very, um, give really good voice to uh, the creative society and what it is that uh, we we're all stand for. Um, yes, we and, all stand you, for it. <laughs> yeah, and and using your platform as a as a vehicle to share his insights as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Tesla. We will mm -hmm. reach out to him through your connection, and we are going to be very happy to talk to him and continue this worldwide friendship that we are building by uh, using Creative Society as our platform. And before we go, is there something that we forgot to ask you during the program, or is there something you would like to wish to our audience today? Sure, actually, and I have a, I have a question for you. I mean, in given what it is that I've talked about today how would we call to action 
your viewers and network to um, embrace or enroll in a concept uh, you know, like what it is that Zymonetics is proposing, and maybe participate even in a creative society, uh, global study that would equip people with the types of tools and resources that we're speaking to um, as part of the Zymonetics, uh, uh, you know, study model we're presenting. Yeah, so we have talked to a lot of people in the medical field in the past, and what we usually do, we host roundtables around the globe, and we discuss that. So some, you know, professionals from medical fields that are coming from different areas can discuss the ideas and implement them on their time. And uh, as far as building a creative society, once we live in a creative society and we no longer have conditions that create problems for us, then we can only live in a solution-based world. So Absolutely. that's the excitement of it, yes. So is there anything you would like to wish to our audience before we go? You know what? I'm really just sending everyone out there that, you know, strength and powers, the, just the, the resonance of... Um, of resilience, you know, through this, these challenging times, I know it's really challenging out there for everyone, but just know that there are people that are activated on the planet to, um, you know, deliver tools and resources that can support a new vision for how we, you know, are really are, are experiencing life at this juncture and, and really getting on a, tra a, a timeline that is, that transits out of this um, limiting, uh, Ex limited experience that we're having right now and and you know move into more of an ascended uh experience <laughs> thank you so much tesla it's been a pleasure having you on with us today 30 minutes flew by so fast um awesome. truly truly wonderful to learn from you and to learn about what you do and about your vision it's wonderful and to thank remind you. our viewers, if you would like to learn more about the project Creative Society, you can visit alatraunites.com. On the website, you will find our email address at the bottom. It is info at alatraunites.com. You can always shoot us an email. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your um, comments, questions, anything you have to add on. Um, we would love to hear from you. So thank you so much. And until next and we will, time. Yes, and we will end our um, broadcast today with a song that volunteers around the globe put together, and they also did the video for it. So let's hear the song that was played at the last conference on March 20th, and it was called Creative Society, What the Prophets Dreamed Of. Thank you and have a great day.